Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. For me, sitting still at home was not okay. I always had to be cleaning, doing my schoolwork, helping my mom, like sitting still and just chilling. Like that wasn't really a thing, especially mm -hmm. like when my dad was around. I brought that into my adulthood and turned it into my work ethic. And then the American dream, the capitalistic ideology of working hard is glorified, boosted that idea. And then I felt like that was okay for me to perpetuate that toxic idea and continue to overwork. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice, and today we are talking about money trauma. Now, don't get freaked out, okay? You know it is May if you're listening to this in real time, and it is Mental Health Awareness Month. I am so passionate about the importance of addressing our mental health when it comes to being poderosa with our dinero, because let's face it, our minds determine the decisions that we make and the decisions that we make end up becoming what our lives look like. So let's talk about how we can start to heal our money trauma with this next guest, who I think you're going to love. Today, we're talking to Aracelis Gomez, creator of The Latina Investor a platform dedicated to educating Gen Z and millennials on personal finance, investing, and entrepreneurship. 
Araceli's created the Latina Investor after realizing how unprepared she was to handle personal finances after graduating college. And now she is creating a movement of diverse individuals who are ready to stand in their power when it comes to all things mindset and money. So if you are ready to start healing your money trauma and start being powerful AF with your dinero, do not change the channel. You're in for an amazing episode. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list, and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Aracelis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to have you here. Let me tell you, I see the things that you do on social and I'm like, I wish I was talking about this shit at 22 years old. I mean, <laughs> just the fact that you're in this space as a educator in investing. I mean, it's wild to me that people that are so young, like you are actually learning about this. And I can't wait to get into how this all came to be. But why don't you start off by introducing yourself? Thank you so much. And thank you so much again for having me. And definitely. So my name is Aracelis and I'm the creator of The Latina Investor. The Latina Investor originally started out as an idea during quarantine. <laughs> I had just accepted a full-time job offer as a software engineer, but it was remote. And I felt like I had nothing except my job and it felt empty, so empty. And I was already like in the process of acquiring my first property at 22 and just learning about investing and building my stocks and real estate portfolio. I realized that people my age were not interested in the things that I was interested. My <laughs> friends didn't want to listen to what I was learning about. And I wasn't about to force those conversations with people who didn't vibe. So I created an Instagram and it originally was just going to be me posting my financial journey. And it wasn't even named the Latina Investor. I actually rebranded. It was AG Investing, my initials. Mm -hmm. And it's so boring now that I think about it. Like I started out <laughs> with such a boring name. Like a month later after making the page and people actually responding to my graphic posts and liking what I was posting, I decided to rebrand and create the Latina Investor. So the purpose of the Latina Investor is just to educate Gen Z and millennials and specifically Latinas and Black women about investing. Because mm -hmm. I just feel like me and you are kind of like one of the only platforms dedicated to yeah. investing for Latinas. So I think that's just what it's about. And it just keeps growing. And I'm really excited to take it to the next level in 2021. That's awesome. And yeah, you're totally right. I think there is so much room for people in these spaces that are women of color, 
to start talking about this stuff because the more that we talk about this, the more it becomes a normal part of the conversation, right? And so mm-hmm. I appreciate the work that you're doing to bring much needed voices to the space. And you too, like you're a role Thank model you. to me. I just want you to know <laughs> that you're killing it. And I love you, you know looking at you, you achieving your goals and creating your coaching courses. It's just amazing. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think when it comes down to it, we all start out these journeys just for the pure sake of wanting to spread knowledge, right? And so mm-hmm. I want to talk about before we get into how you actually started learning about investing and why you became so passionate about it. I want to know your money story. What was your relationship like with money growing up? Can you talk me through that? Yeah, definitely. So my money relationship's been rocky. Kind of inherited my parents' money ideas mm-hmm. and they weren't all good. <laughs> Let me say that. Preaching preach to the choir. <laughs> they don't understand investing and mm-hmm. Their idea of income or generating wealth was mostly like a nine to five. Like that was how you make money. Like they had started businesses, but I grew up seeing them fail in 08. So my relationship with money kind of got a little weird during that time as well. Mm -hmm. And I saw like, okay, you can start your own business, but it could fail. And I really didn't understand why it failed at the time. I didn't understand the economic climate. I didn't understand the restaurant business. I feel like I grew up in a little bit of a toxic household. Actually, a lot of a bit of a toxic household. And that's something that it's new for me to talk about, Mm -hmm. where I grew up seeing a relationship where I feel like they stayed together. My parents stayed together because of money. Oh, yeah. Or they blamed money. And I learned early on, like, okay, so money is an escape route. Mm -hmm. So I started working young. Like, since I was 13, I've been working. And I've never not had a job, at least one job since then. In college, I studied computer science and engineering, and that was 40 hours a week committed to school, and I worked 30 hours a week to put myself through school. I did seven internships in undergrad, and I saved up enough money to buy myself a property when I graduated because I was like, money is my way out. Working is my way out. And it's kind of got unhealthy. We can get to that later. But my relationship with money was seeing it as an escape route and then associating a lot of guilt with it for wanting it and seeing my mother not understand it, my mother not be able to feel empowered with her finances, I think also attributed to that guilt and that insecurity. So it's kind of like a combination of money baggage and then me unlearning that money baggage, like unpacking all that trauma and then learning about investing and learning about personal finance. It's too many layers. And that's why we talk about like Dave Ramsey and all these people who don't serve, you know, Latinx and black communities. And it's because they don't realize that there's money baggage, there's money trauma. So you're breaking generational curses. And it's just like, oh, so many layers of shit unpacking. And it's not just you, it's your ancestors shit too. It's crazy. Yo, that's real talk. Oh my gosh. (laughs) When you were talking about the toxic relationships, I'm like, I think about people in my own family that are just Mm -hmm. like stuck in these relationships, these marriages, and clearly they just fucking hate each other at this point. And it's always the money. Yep. Man. And honestly, I relate so much to your story because I feel like I also was in that space where I'm like, I don't ever want to be in a position that I need to deal with some man's bullshit because Mm -hmm. of money. And I think Mm -hmm. like you mentioned too, that, that 
hunger for independence, like being that bad bitch, like it can Mm -hmm. become toxic because then Mm -hmm. you become a fucking workaholic. And I know that was my reality for a very long time. Yep. How about you? Same, same, same. And I realized that I was associating my time for money. I was associating that my time was only valuable if I was making money. So if I wasn't doing a side hustle or working, I kind of felt empty. Like you're wasting time. I was wasting time. Yeah. And that is so toxic. It also, I think it derives from the way we grew up too. Like for me, sitting still at home was not okay. I always had to be cleaning, doing my schoolwork, helping my mom, like sitting still and just chilling. Like that wasn't really a thing, especially Mm -hmm. like when my dad was around. I brought that into my adulthood and turned it into my work ethic. And then the American dream, the capitalistic ideology of working hard is glorified, boosted that idea. And then I felt like that was okay (laughs) for me to perpetuate that toxic idea and continue to overwork. And I think so many people are doing this specifically Latina women and they don't even realize it. (laughs) Absolutely. That's so real. Oh my gosh. I'm like, having a come to Jesus moment as I'm listening to the talk. I'm like, how does she know me putting me on blast? (laughs) But it's so true. I mean, even now I'm 35 years old. I cannot take naps. Mm -hmm. I get anxiety when I try to take naps because I start thinking about all the shit that I got to do. And it's like, yo, we don't even give ourselves a chance to like stop, celebrate our accomplishments, rest, Mm -hmm. like nothing. It's so foreign to our beings. And I think obviously that comes from the struggle, right? Like when you're in survival mode, when our ancestors were in survival mode, they ain't got time for meditation and Mm self-care. They're just trying to fucking survive. And so Mm -hmm. clearly that's why we didn't get those skills because wasn't nobody using them. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I just think that is so powerful. Like we have to not only unlearn the toxic shit our ancestors had to go through, but we have to relearn healthy habits mm. and new ways of living our life and new ways of treating our money and yes. turning our money into a tool that can be our friend and work for us rather than be our enemy and be our Used burden. To exploit us. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Man. Okay. So let's talk about why you got into this space. So I know you mentioned You were working since 13, so you were always trying to just handle yourself financially. So what made you kind of go down this journey of now I want to become an investor and I want to build wealth? Where did that come from? Yeah, so it started out, I think I came across like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then my partner, he got me the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book for Christmas and Richest Man in Babylon for Christmas Mm -hmm. in 2019. And I read those books and I kind of got obsessed with like real estate investing and just like wealth building and like healing my money mindset. Mm. It started out with me like surface level, just being curious, just being hungry and just wanting to learn how to build wealth and do something more than just keep my money in a savings account. And then I started getting on Bigger Pockets. Bigger Pockets is a podcast and a huge platform for real estate investors. They also have a social networking app, which I got on. And I was just like messaging agents and investors and asking them questions. And just like, I'm very extroverted. So I was just like annoying people. And they <laughs> seemed to want to talk about their passions and their businesses. So I just went for it. And I just read a lot of books and just really got into it. So that's kind of like 
where it started, what sparked my interest. Then I got three full-time job offers before graduating college. And yeah, I was like really happy about that because I had grinded for so long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I um, accepted one in Florida. That's where I live right now. I moved during COVID and I bought a house. It all kind of happened really fast. So I accepted the job. I got this package that had like 401k, all these different things. And I'm like, what is all of this? <laughs> and I asked my uncle and he gave me like a half-assed answer. And I was like, okay, so I don't know who knows. So I went to the internet and I like just was reading blogs and just trying to understand all of this. And I found the Financial Freedom podcast and the Financial Freedom book, which like really broke it down for me, like step by step from like, embarking on your financial freedom journey, starting at ground zero to like retiring early. And Mm -hmm. it really broke it all down for me. And I found my number. It's 800,000. Like (laughs) that's uh, my number that I need to hit, but I do want to surpass that to retire early. Amazing. (laughs) It just like fueled me, right? Like, so once I created the Instagram, started teaching people about investing and people actually wanting to hear what I had to say, it kind of turned into like, more than just investing, it kind of turned into money mindset, money trauma, money baggage, and like everything that just unpeeling all those layers that I had to unpeel. And I just kind of want to help other people. Yeah, I think it's so important that you're sharing that part of the journey, because that's honestly like one of the areas that I feel like gets neglected a lot by Mm -hmm. personal finance content creators. It's just like the mindset that it takes to make a shift from the consumer to the investor mindset Mm -hmm. is a whole job especially if you're trying to unlearn all of the stuff that you saw growing up about money and how difficult it is Mm -hmm. and how it's hard to understand and how it's hard to get and all that. It's a Mm -hmm. major shift that you have to make before you can start putting the actual tools in place to start building wealth and breaking that cycle. Exactly. And especially for people who grew up seeing their parents manage money terribly, right? Like, Mm -hmm. If you saw one of your parents bury themselves in debt and make it so that your livelihood was at stake, that traumatizes you so much and you don't even notice it. You don't realize it at that time, but you bring that into your adulthood, right? So like there's so many different things that could affect how someone deals with their money and avoids their money and suppresses their money and like doesn't want to learn and they could have a 401k they could have money being invested and still not know what they're doing still not even understand still not even realize that they have a 401k I know people who don't know that they have a 401k they're like yeah I don't need to know about that and it's like hmm okay yeah (laughs) it's true it's just the lack of understanding about what you're doing with your money is just so pervasive in our community so Mm -hmm. that's why these conversations are so important And I think there's a lot of toxic masculinity around it too. Like I remember growing up, like I've questioned my dad's money decisions before and I've gotten like almost my head ripped off. I literally like couldn't even question it was my money being given to him and questioning if he actually used the money for what it was supposed to be for after Mm -hmm. he went like said he was going to use it for that and went on vacation and he wouldn't tell me like, how dare you question my authority, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot. And like, even talking about your salary, a lot of people like I know, probably wouldn't be comfortable sharing their salaries, not because of 
what other people may think about just them alone, but maybe because their significant others earning more. So it's mm. like, there's so many different things that like kind of attribute to this idea that like this machismo idea that you need to like provide. Mm-hmm. So that I think is essential and needs to be unlearned by our men in the Latinx community too. Yeah. Because that's so heavy to put on yourself, right? It absolutely is. And it is going to perpetuate this cycle of not feeling like you can create spaces in your own household where money is a safe conversation to have, right? And we know like mm-hmm. so many people get divorced because of financial stress. Like, yeah. why wouldn't we want to normalize talking about it, making it not so scary, making it not something we have to be shamed about or feeling mm-hmm. guilty about and just be transparent, right? Like that's good for any relationship. Exactly. So I want to know what are some limiting beliefs that you personally have dealt with? Because I know for me, I still have to wrap my head around this idea that I'm building wealth, that I'm investing, that I'm doing all these things that are not normal in my family. And it feels a lot like imposter syndrome most of the time. It's like, who the fuck am I to be doing this? Have you dealt with anything like that? Yo, same. <laughs> have you ever tried to have a conversation with like one of your cousins about what you're doing? Oh, and it's it impossible. Just, it just feels so wrong. It feels like they don't understand. It feels like you're speaking Chinese and they don't yeah. care about it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to that so much. And I think going back to what you're saying, like in terms of money ideas and money back. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. And misconceptions that I had, I had so many. There's one that I actually remembered recently. It was like a random memory I had from my childhood. Because I had just started a business. I always used to start businesses. And I started mm-hmm. a nail design business. And I made $100 at a festival from it. Mm-hmm. And I told my uncle, I said, I think I attract money. And he said, be careful what you say. Because your dad used to say that. And look where he is now. Mm-hmm. And it was in a time where my dad was in a bad financial situation. And I think I brought that statement with me into my adulthood. Like, I can't say that money's attracted to me or that... I want money or that money is good because like, that'll be greedy and I'll turn into my dad. Mm. And that was my nightmare for a long time, right? Because of so much trauma and so Mm -hmm. much baggage. So like I had that really big, heavy misconception that like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't say money was attracted to me. I couldn't have a good relationship with money because it would turn me into something that I didn't want to turn into. It would turn me into someone greedy and cocky or something. And that's heavy. Yeah, that really scared me. And I carry that for a long time. And I also think just like very general ones. So like credit is bad. I saw my family members abuse credit. Like they Mm -hmm. would max out all their cards and not pay any of it and then be buried in credit card debt and just accruing interest and then complain about it all the time and just saying things that made it seem bad Mm -hmm. or scary or dangerous. So that I was afraid of. And also like trust around my credit, right? Like I didn't trust because my older sister, she had let my parents use her credit right when she turned 18. So Mm -hmm. they messed up her credit score. So that also affected my trust around credit. And I also just grew up thinking like I can't build wealth, right? Like I don't know anybody who's wealthy. I grew up in (laughs) an inner city I never went hungry, but we were lower income. Like my school had no soccer field. We would walk to the park like a mile away to play soccer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we was in the hood and I didn't see nobody millionaires or rich people until I started dog walking mm-hmm. and working in the ritzy part of Connecticut and realizing that 20 minutes away, there are people with million dollar houses and I'm going to walk their dogs for a lot of money, like more money than my mom will make doing her nine to five or something. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. It is insane. The wealth disparity and like just the isolation too. Like if you don't see outside of your area, then how do you know what's out there? Like for me for a long time, all that I knew was Bridgeport. Mm. All that I knew was my city. All that I knew was the tax bracket of the people I was around. So then when I went out, of my conference. So I went to different towns, then went to college and then studied abroad. Then I was just like, holy shit, <laughs> I've been in a hole for hella long. Like what the heck? Yeah. So it's like money baggage and then being sheltered on top of it is like, Yo, that's so, so real. many things. <laughs> oh my gosh. So as somebody who is now an investor, I'm sure you get a lot of comments from people in your DMs saying like, oh, I can't do that. Like, I'm scared. I don't know where to Mm -hmm. start. So what advice do you have for these limiting beliefs that people have in your own community? 
Definitely. So before you start investing, before you embark on your financial freedom journey, before you do any of that, if you're listening right now, I want you to close your eyes. Not if you're driving, but anyone else, yes. Now picture if you had no financial burdens, no financial obligations, if you're financially free, where would you be? What would you be doing? And who would you be with? And hold on to this because this is your dream life. And I think our dream lives remind us that there's more out there for us. Daydreaming reminds us that there's more out there for us and that we're destined for greatness and we're destined for more if we only allow ourselves to want it. Now that you have your dream life, you know that you're destined for more, right? And now we can take that and use it as fuel to help you unpack the money baggage that you may have and the misconceptions that you may have learned surrounding money. So realize first and foremost that you are capable of building wealth and you are worthy of so much more than you realize. That money is only a reflection of all that you can do. That you are capable of being financially free and investing is just the tool to get there. I'm writing an ebook to help you guys get there and to unpack that baggage, but realize that you are capable of building wealth and you are worthy of all you desire. Because if you don't believe in yourself, no matter where you go, no matter how much money you make, you're going to feel empty. You're going to feel like something's missing and it's self-love. And that's really all you need because money, fame, Riches, whatever, that shit's not going to fill you up. I'm sorry for cursing, but that's not going to fill you up if you don't believe in yourself. I believe in you, so keep going. That was a whole word. I didn't know we were going to church today, but I am here (laughs) for it. Okay. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's a powerful message. Honestly, it is so damn true. Like you will not accomplish any of this stuff if you don't believe first that you're worthy, that you're capable, that you can learn what you don't know and you can mess up and you can restart. Like it is all about just that empowering yourself to know that no matter what happens, you're going to figure this shit out. You will. So. On a more practical note, I know a lot of things that people say keeps them from investing is this idea that like, oh, I'm still paying off debt. Should I be investing? Or I don't have a lot of money. How can I invest? And I think that those are two big, huge misconceptions that a lot of people have. So can you talk us through how to tackle those scenarios where people feel like they're in debt, so maybe they shouldn't be investing Or if they don't have a lot of disposable income, how they can get started regardless? Definitely. So first, I would say it depends on the type of debt you're in. So if you're in high interest credit debt, that's taking 20% every month, you want to pay that down. That needs to be your top priority. High interest credit debt needs to be your priority. Then if you've got other debt that's maybe earning at a lower interest rate, maybe 5%. My student loans, one of my highest student loans is at 5%. So although I have student loans, I still invest because I know that the stock market will return if I invest in S&P 500 index funds on average 7 to 8% annually. So I know that that percentage is going to beat the interest on my debt. 
on average annually. So I have the confidence to invest at this moment. But it all depends on your comfort levels. If you want to pay off your debt before investing, by all means, do it. I encourage you to find what works for you. And not everything is going to be uh, one size fits all, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start out, you don't need a lot of money. You can buy fractional shares of stocks. You don't have to buy an entire stock. You can buy a percentage of a stock. I had $5 extra in my fund investing account, and I just bought a fractional share of an S&P 500 index fund, Vanguard S&P 500 index fund, VOOVU. $5 of S&P 500 just because I had that extra money lying around. You don't need a bunch of money to start investing. But if you feel like, you know, you can't take away from your pay or you are struggling financially to even make ends meet so you can't even think about investing, I would first urge you to see if you can cut out unnecessary expenses. Because the majority of the time, you've got subscriptions, you've got cable Different things that you probably don't need are probably not helping you mentally, spiritually, or emotionally. So Mm -hmm. if you can cut those things out and use that income to invest or to pay off your debt, do that because that's going to make bring you closer to your financial goals and your time freedom goals, right? So it's either maybe invest that money in cable and watch TV and work your nine to five for the next 20 years or invest that money in index fund monthly and retire maybe 20 years earlier. Up to you, Mm -hmm. right? So it all depends on what your comfort levels are. But if you have high interest debt, pay that off first. Then once you get your high interest debt out of the way, then you can start investing if you are comfortable doing it and you don't need a lot of money. You can buy fractional shares and You don't have to max out all your tax advantaged accounts every year. There's a heavy emphasis on I need to max out my Roth IRA, my 401k, all these accounts every year to be an investor or to be successful. And that's not true at all. You invest what you can because you're on your own journey. No one else's. And the financial success of others isn't the absence of your own. So just keep going at your own Mm. pace. Yeah, that's such an important message. And I think there's so much like FOMO pressure because of social media. People mm-hmm. see influencers that are like, oh my God, look, I just saved uh, $200,000 this year. So yay, exactly. everybody can do it. And it's like, no, not really, but you have to decide what your journey is going to look like. And it evolves over time. Like you're going to accomplish different things as you hit these different milestones, right? Like if you're paying off $50,000 in student loans, Stop also trying to max out your freaking 401k. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's not realistic. It's not practical. And you're putting an unnecessary amount of pressure on yourself to like, just be doing all the things at once. Exactly. And your goals don't always need to be the same. Like we're always evolving as people. So why do our goals always need to be the same? Don't mm-hmm. feel guilty if you change your goal and say, okay, I'm going to step back on my 401k and go harder on my debt. Or I'm going to step back on both and invest in myself. Mm. Whatever it is, like live on your own terms and use your money to help your life reflect what you want. More vacation time, traveling more, invest in that. That's an investment for you. An investment for you doesn't have to be the same investment for me, right? I'm investing in coaching this year. And that might not be something people think of as an investment for them. But it doesn't matter because it's for me. So find out what works for you. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. So what does financial self-care mean to you? I love financial self-care. Me too. So <laughs> financial self-care is so many things, right? It's the ugly. It's the scary. It's the dealing with your money baggage, dealing with your trauma. It's the getting happy when your investments are growing and the, the nervous shaking and holding and reminding yourself to stay calm when your investments are falling in a bear market, right? Mm-hmm. Financial self-care is all of the things that keep you and remind you to stay on your financial track, to stay committed to your financial freedom journey. Financial self-care is allowing yourself to be authentic and to be genuine with your money, to make mistakes and to forgive yourself and to just keep going. And that can be with budgeting. That can be with paying yourself first. That can be with investing in an experience for yourself. It can be so many things like financial self-care is taking care of your money and also leveraging your finances to take care of you. So it's just Mm. so many different things. Yeah, I love that. Leveraging your money to take care of you. That's major because I think a lot of us don't really factor in how damn hard we work for our money. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be this thing that you have to deprive yourself of. Mm -hmm. Like if something makes you happy, fucking spend money on it. Like unapologetically, just don't get caught up in like the FOMO spending because everybody else is doing this crap and you're not even like, really enjoying what you're spending money on. Exactly. Like you don't need to deprive yourself. Like that's again, associated with a scarcity mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you grow up low income, the odds are that you have a scarcity mindset and it's because you had to ration or like make sure that everyone had enough. Like if you had a lot of siblings, you had to make sure everybody ate, you had to share. So you're perpetuating a scarcity mindset in your adulthood you won't allow yourself to spend your money because you feel like there's going to come a time when you're going to have a shit storm and you need it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's that fear that shit's going to go bad. Like it maybe did when you were a kid. Yeah. But you have to unlearn that and realize that you're okay, that your emergency fund is funded, that you're safe and that you can allow yourself to enjoy in all the hard work that you've done. Right? hmm Man, this conversation is just so popping. I love it. Me too. Thank you're you amazing. for all of these <laughs> gems. Like, I think you're going to have people really sitting with themselves and like working through some of this money stuff because it's a lot, y'all. It is. And I'm here for you guys. I'm so here for y'all. So I want to know, what is your money mantra? So I have a few, but I would say my favorite And I'm probably going to get it wrong because I like to write it down verbatim from like (laughs) the spiritual, divine, articulate way. But it's I attract wealth. I attract money and money comes to me through multiple streams. And I'm worthy of building wealth. Just Mm. saying that I am worthy of building wealth and affirming that with myself is so powerful. So I encourage you guys to do it with yourselves. Yeah, I love that. And I found it quite interesting that you have that I attract money thing in your money mantra. So I can tell that you have been able to work through the trauma associated with that phrase because otherwise you wouldn't be able to use it to now empower yourself. That's exactly. Awesome. It was hard and it's been hard, 
but I think I've grown and I just started realizing how much I've grown since then. Yeah. That's important to be able to reflect back and really give yourself the permission to celebrate that journey. It's major. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. And so for folks that want to find out more about you, where can we find you and follow your journey? Yeah. So I am at the Latina Investor on Instagram and at the Latina Investor underscore on TikTok. Stay tuned for an ebook coming out and a bunch of more content this year. I'm super excited to create more genuine and money mindset related content. Aracelis, I mean, this was like a financial pep talk. I didn't even know that was a thing, but thank you for your (laughs) realness. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your encouragement. I hope that everybody that listens to this episode feels like no matter where you come from, no matter what your money story is, you can change it, you can mold it, you can shape it, and you can start living your best life. And it all starts with making that decision to believe that you deserve to build wealth. So thank you. Exactly. And I'm so grateful to be here and to speak to your audience. You guys are all capable of building wealth. And I'm here to support you, guide you, cheer you on every step of the way. Mm. Thank you, girlfriend. (laughs) I appreciate you. Of (laughs) course. I appreciate you too. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.